about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Hello everybody, welcome to episode 294, that's two, it's nine, and it's four, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast, late night love from Molyneux, post Crystal Palace baby, Nathan Judah, Liam Keane, we're good to go, Wolves are safe, how the devil are you at 11.08pm? 11.07pm? 11.08 on my laptop. <laughs> um, you looked at, deep into my eyes then when you said... I did. Late night love. I did. <laughs> which worried me a little bit. Well, you know, um, some people may have seen my Twitter today and some people may not have done, but there should be some late night loving taking place <laughs> uh, due to it being my, uh, my wedding anniversary. And apart from being at home with my beautiful wife of eight years... Um, I'm I'm in a I'm in a closed dark room with Mr. Liam Keane, so you know I'm getting a little bit amorous. Wolves have won; it's three points. Let's get a little bit jiggy. I mean, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit excited, pal. You're a lucky fella. I am. Bow chicka wow wow It wasn't bow chicka wow wow when I told her that I was going to Palace tonight. It was bow bow whap when she wasn't particularly happy. <laughs> that cost you a bit, didn't it? Uh, it's um. Uh, do, you want, do you want the actual official amount that it costs me? I mean, that's up to your discretion. I'll, you know, I don't want to force you into disclosing the the millions that you spent on your. It was less than three thousand. <laughs> it was it was more than two thousand eight hundred, which is more than what I get paid a month. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, um, it, the majority of it uh, was a Louis Vuitton um, pet carrier, dog carrier for. Uh, the Pomeranian. So we've been looking at that for a while. So it was a it was a joint present from everybody, from me and the dogs, uh, to to Alana. And so she was quite happy. A few bottles of wine this morning. Went to Dishoom for lunch. Early start. Uh, <laughs> uh, went to Dishoom for lunch, and then went to go to the Super Mario Brothers movie in the Odeon Lux in Birmingham today, because that was the one that was open and um, that had the correct times. Before. Is that posh, is it? There, yeah, yeah, well, it's nice. I mean, it's got a reclinable seat. There were about 20 seats in there, 30 seats. How much was the ticket? Oh, mate. Because it, it's absolutely disgusting. It, we got we got a pack of randoms, you know, those roundy randoms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did you think? What did you think? <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant you brought a lot of random people in with you. <laughs> we, got, we got a pack of randoms from outside. <laughs> Do my good team for the year. <laughs> Come on, who wants in? Oh, God, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> who wants in? Uh, got a pack of, <laughs> pack of randoms. And um, <laughs> pack of randoms. <laughs> and two tickets. 39 quid. <laughs> I mean... Bog off. Honestly. No, we didn't buy one and get so, one free, mate. So... so <laughs> Uh, do you know how much the ticket, like just one one individual ticket for the cinema, was it? Got any idea? Well, if the round, if the randoms were like three fifty, you're looking at about thirty four quid. You're looking at about just over fifteen quid, aren't you? Yeah, more than that, probably about seventeen and a half quid each. <laughs> That's mental. No three D, no IMAX, just regular. But I did get a reclinable seat. I mean, so, I was quite happy. So I went and watched the Super Mario Brothers film about maybe a week and a half ago mm. with with Rosalind. Um, Rosalind. Rosalind. That's mm. her full name. Mm. Um, and. We went to the View Cinema mm. in Leamington Spa. Nice. Um, 
I don't know if this is, goes for all view cinemas, but yeah. I don't think they're exactly luxury. No, they used to. Be, I mean, they used to be top draw back in the day, and now they're kind of a little bit dated, yeah. aren't they? Um, I splashed out. But you did on the back seat. <laughs> wow, it's late night love. <laughs> late night love, baby. Splashed out. Mm. Um, and by splashed out, I mean I paid for my ticket, Rosie paid for hers. No, you didn't. No, she didn't. <laughs> I swear to you. Are God. you telling me? <laughs> shut up, <laughs> mate. You're going to laugh when I tell you how much the tickets were. You're buying a house together, and you, and you split a cinema ticket. You made her pay her own. Are you joking? <laughs> are you jo- honestly? This woman, what I'm is she dying. still doing with you? I tell you what, you are tight, a little man, get. <laughs> One ticket. Yeah. It. I got the standard seat. Not, <laughs> of course you bloody did. Not, Why are you even disputing that you would even go for the not VIP? Not the VIP seat. Yeah. Standard seat. Yeah. Can you guess how much that was? Uh, view. I'm going to say... So one twel- seat. 12 quid. 11 quid. Although knowing you, you'd probably go for OAP or child to save yourself a bit of money. <laughs> I, I, I've considered going for mm. under 21 or student before, but My I thought God, about it not. No. 11, 11 pound 50. You ready? Yeah. Five pounds. What? Fiver? Fiver. Oh, man. In fact, four ninety nine. So four ninety nine, and you made her pay for her own ticket. She paid for her own ticket, mate. And she paid for half the snacks. <laughs> That's good. Why does anyone want to be with you? Honestly, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm hilarious, I'm, handsome, and uh, I was going to say loaded, but I'm the opposite. <laughs> opposite of loaded. Um, so yeah, but what I was getting onto mm. was um, aside from the fact, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, if you wanted to move up to the VIP seats. Mm. Which you did anyway, illegally. Uh, actually, we didn't because it was quite busy in the cinema. Okay. But um, I definitely would have done if there weren't anyone sat there. No. £7.50. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's all they are. Wow, and, and, I, and I still, I still did the four ninety nine seats. We've been absolutely thrapped, haven't we, with that yeah, ticket? That's, that's bad. Uh, but, um, the film but, was great, though, by the way. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. I thought I, it was good. I, really I didn't think it was great. Um, it's set up about 11 more. But, um, you know, I digress because uh, we're here. We're at Molyneux. The lights have just gone down. And we've seen not the greatest game of football in the world, I've got to admit, and I think you'll admit that as well, Liam. But it was more about the performance. It wasn't about the performance, it was about the result tonight. Three home wins on the bounce, Liam. Uh, Wolves are now sailing high. Um, Mathematically, it's all but done. And I know you said in the video, and you're probably going to say here now, they still need one or two more points or to be safe or we're not quite there yet. I mean, Wolves are safe. They're done, they're dusted. They're in the Premier League next season. We expected to do it. And for me, Liam... um, They've done it with five games in hand, which, when you think Lopetegui took over, the fact that I think everybody thought it was going to be a battle. When you look back, I'm not going to say to when he took over, but when he took, but after losing to Bournemouth and losing to Leeds United, I don't think many people saw with five games to go that Wolves would be essentially safe. So the fact that they've put this run together is pretty special, really. Definitely. Um, it was actually... Interesting looking back at um, werewolves have come since Lopetegui came in, and he actually spoke about this on the the press conference recently. He you know looked back at November when he came in. Obviously with the World Cup break, uh, he didn't have his first game until uh, just before Christmas. But um, Wolves bottom of the Premier League, the first Premier League game obviously was Boxing Day, and they've managed to drag themselves from. What was a pretty sorry position, wasn't mm. it? Not only the fact they were bottom in the Premier League, obviously, but it had been a disaster under Bruno until, yeah. he, until he left. Steve Davis did his absolute best and put in a an admirable shift, but it was never going to work in the in the short or long term, um, unfortunately. And Wolves entered that World Cup break in absolute disarray. Um, 
it's not been perfect under Lopetegui by any means, but he's done one hell of a job to lift Wolves up to what are they thirteenth currently in the in the Premier League. And look, they probably are safe, but I you know I like to be safe rather than sorry. I hedge my bets until it's mathematically done, but they probably are done now with five games to go and five pretty hard games as well. And the timing could not have been much better. But Wolves are a dangerous proposition now because, and I know you understand that they probably you, you think they won't change much to what they've been doing. And Lopetegui is a very professional man. But do you think you know? Let's say that they get one or two more points, or there's a couple of other results that go for them at the bottom because they're all playing each other. They're all poor sides, and you know, they're all either beating each other. The Leeds are beating Leicester tonight. Oh, sorry, it was the draw tonight, one-one. But um, do you think that when they are mathematically safe, that the style will change much, or do you think it'll be? It'll be more of what the same, and he'll just want to get as many points as he can. Or do we, do could we be seeing a different formation? Could you see more expansive Wolves, or could you see certain players who maybe might not be here next season, maybe take a a bit of a a back seat, and maybe some of those other players given opportunities when the pressure is off, and and Wolves are are essentially safe. I'm not sure we will, to be honest. I think there there'll be potentially opportunities for certain players. You likes of. Aitnori, Jimenez, Bubkar Triore, I think everyone would like to see him get an opportunity. Um, Johnny obviously has come back from suspension, not been in the squad for the last couple of games. Um, I would suspect there will be opportunities in some fashion for some of these players between now and the end of May. If we're looking at the style and the way Wolves are played, they've been quite conservative, particularly away from home under Lopetegui. I think that's, that's fair to say. And I'm a little bit in two minds as to what we're going to see. And I think I'll expand this question a little bit into next season as well. Because go back to some people I spoke to who sort of followed Sevilla and particularly towards the end of Lopetegui's time at the club. And they were a little bit conservative. Not, didn't score a lot of goals. Were I mean, obviously, they were a, you know a club in a bad position at the time. Um, so it's not always going to be a great reflection on what he did there. And of course, he did win trophies there and did a great job. But... Um, it was a little bit negative, I think, it was the, the takeaway that the people had from watching Sevilla towards the end. Um, Wolves have been... I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say negative. I'll come back to the word conservative for the time being. But they haven't exactly been expansive. And that's because he's put a massive emphasis on clean sheets and keeping it tight to the back and rewarding the players and the press with food when uh, when clean sheets happen. So, of course, we're buzzing with tonight's result. Oh, yes, happy days. <laughs> Thursday, but Thursday, what... Potentially the talk of talk of Dunkin' Donuts on Thursday. There's a rumour going around. There is a rumour. I like that rumour. Yeah, there is a rumour, which may or may not be the last time that we're treated, so we might have to take... We've been treated tonight to, to well, beautiful beef po' boys. I mean... They are good to us, aren't they? They oh. are good to us. You can't complain. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be interesting, as I say, expand the question slightly as to what Wolves we're going to see going into next season as well. But for the end of this season, I don't think we're going to see... Loads of changes, but I would suspect a little bit of a of an opportunity for for some names who I think their their future hangs in the balance. Um, future hangs in the balance. So do you feel that Ignori and Jimenez will will get to go between now and this season? Do you think we'll see them? Because I'll be honest, the fact that they have not been in the squad, and we'll come on to Jimenez, I think, in a little bit, um, kind of seems to me that like that there is no way back for them. But do you feel that there may be? Maybe in Jimenez's case, if, if he's not going to play, he's not going to be part, and you've got to think that he's not going to be part of Wolves' plans next year with the way that he's been used. Um, do you think there may be a bit of a sentiment there that he would be getting one more one more appearance or one more substitute appearance, maybe in front of the home crowd against an Everton or or on the last day of the season just to, just to pull on the shirt one more time? Because it's pretty damning that they have not been in the squad 
um, recently. And look, you, you can't argue with it really, with the results that Wolves have, have put together um, that that they that they haven't been involved. But you look at tonight and with Huang and and Diego Costa starting. Diego Costa again, we'll speak about him. Magnificent. But the fact that they didn't have a striker on the bench, you know, Huang was on the bench when when Costa was playing, so you could say that Huang could play centrally. But with both of them starting and having no no striker there, central striker on the bench, just shows really that uh, there's there's very little you'd have thought pull that he will be here as a Wolverhampton Wanderers player next year. Yeah, when you, when you look at the last few games when Costa's been starting and Huang's been on the bench, Huang is not an out-and-out out number nine, but for the purposes of the bench and the, and the way that Lopetegui is, has uh, put this squad together in these last few games, Huang has been that backup striker, really. Um, and as you rightly say, him and Costa both played today. You would imagine there's a space on the bench for him to come in, and he didn't. And that's a massive, massive red flag for his future I think you'd be silly we'd be fooling ourselves to, to deny it that he's, uh, his future hangs in the balance of Wolves absolutely regardless of the fact he's under contract um, I think for him and Aitnoy you can argue it both ways with a pair of them I would suspect and of course I'm only going off speculation at the moment but I would suspect that they would both get an opportunity between now and the end of the season for a couple of reasons one with him and Ez exactly what you've said if it is his swan song he'll get an opportunity to say goodbye I would suspect with Ain't Nori, he's a player who's still, amazingly, still 21 years old. Mm. Feels like he's been around forever. Um, a player who's undoubtedly talented, who's very good going forward, has got a lot of shortcomings as well, don't get me wrong. Um, a lot of the reason why he's not in the squad at the moment is that he was coming off the bench when he was playing and playing very poorly. And he had just, as far as I've been, you know, the people I've spoken to around the club and, and, and sort of people that know him, it's not an attitude problem with him. It's the fact that He's quite relaxed. He's quite quiet. He's not going to knock on the manager's door and kick up a fuss. And when you are in a position when the manager needs every player to fight for their position in the squad, he's not necessarily fighting for it. And you can understand the manager not choosing him. But with him, he's, un- he's still under contract for a long time. He's a player that's been linked with big moves elsewhere. He's clearly a very good player who, if I'm honest, if he fulfilled his potential, potentially played in a team that was did have more possession and went forward... Uh, more and with more intent would probably or could probably play at a higher club so to speak a top six club I think he's that good on his day but he's not doing it his, his talent has got him so far so far, as, it, as it stands and you currently now need the work ethic to match it um, so I feel like Wolves will persevere with him um, how long has he got th- any left? things change quickly I'll, I'll double check now but I think it's 26 with an mm-hmm. option to 27 mm-hmm. I believe I mean look he's been linked with big moves and I actually still think that his stock even though he's been out of the squad will be relatively high and if he is up for sale or up for offers at the end of the season and we know that Wolves aren't going to spend big and they're not going to be um, sp- spending loads of money if an offer comes in for let's say 20 plus even or 15, 20 plus that will test Wolves' resolve I think for a player remember who is not in the squad at this moment in time Hugo Bueno started tonight Totti Gomez was on the bench but you know it's you know Johnny's still here I don't think Johnny will be here next year but we'll see um, it'll be for a player to, to come to not be involved and then have that kind of money thrown at him despite his age and despite the potential he's got will test Wolves' resolve and it's going to be I think it's going to be up to Ryan Nuri and how he reacts over the summer, how he reacts, how he comes back for pre-season to see where he is. Because it's not just ability. 
as Lopetegui has picked this squad in the last four or five games that have, have scrambled and got Wolves to safety, it's as much about mentality at this stage. I'm not sure whether the mentality is quite right there. And there's certain players in that will play through the pain barrier. And judging by speaking to a few people and seeing a few things, there's certain players who need to be 100% right. And if they're not quite right, they're not confident in playing. And I feel like, I know I'm not calling him soft, but I feel like he needs to, he needs to have he needs to be 100% at the peak of his physical fitness for him ready to play. And if he's not and he's got his niggle, I'm not sure whether he's, he wants to be out there 100% committed at this moment in time. And I think Lopetegui might have seen that and other stuff and gone, look, I need to stick to this squad now because these are the guys who are going to pull me out of the SHIT. <laughs> and uh, and I can't I can't be carrying anyone at the moment or have any moans and groans. I was right, by the way, 2026 with the, with the year option in terms of his contract. But no, I think you're right because when you're in the in the trenches and you need players to pull you out and you need players fighting for every single opportunity, every single position in a 20-man squad on a match day, unfortunately, at this moment in time, a 21-year-old Ryan Aitnori has not got that kind of uh, fire in him, I think it's fair to say. Doesn't mean he won't get it. Doesn't mean that when Wolves, you would hope, are playing better next season, if he is part of the squad... He could be an important part of the squad. Um, I, I would, I would hope that they persevere with him a little bit longer. But it, you are right. If if they were to have an offer like that, it would absolutely give them a decision to make. Because albeit he's a player who could be worth a hell of a lot more, it hasn't, it, it hasn't quite clicked. It's fair to say. So. It's going to be an interesting one with him in the summer because he, at the same time, he's going to want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to pull up a few trees mm-hmm. as well. Um, a big decision to make, I think, with him. It's, it's a much more uh, nuanced decision with him, a di- much more difficult decision mm. with him than it is with a lot of the other players, I would say. Yeah, um, and we'll just double back onto him next before we get a bit more onto the match tonight, Liam. Um, tweet came out from uh, Raul Jimenez's other half today before the game. Uh, not the best timing in the world. If you just want to tell us a little bit about that and what went on. Yeah, uh, um not the best time at all. I think it was um, it was this morning, wasn't it? Early. Um, so tweeted well, in Spanish first, and then in English. Oh, you're going to get a bit of Spanish out here. No, I was going to read the English. No, I want you to read the Spanish. Hey, listen, you've been doing your Rosetta Stone for at least three or four years now. You can at least talk to me in Spanish with a little bit of a, a twang. Come on, come on, give us all a bit of a laugh. I'm, I'm not. Doing oh, come on. I'm, I'm actually not. I will give you a pound a word. <laughs> Only words. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to no. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm cheap. I'm not that cheap. Um, Damn right you are. Mainly because the first word in mm. Spanish I don't actually know how to pronounce. Okay. So that I'm not going back. Even better. Away, Even but better. I'll come back to it. Okay. So um, yeah, she says loyalty question mark. Being loyal is breaking your head and still being here at the foot of the canyon. Just saying. It's not a great tweet. Um, look, I absolutely appreciate and understand. <laughs> that Raul is going to be frustrated at not playing. She'll be frustrated because her partner's not playing. You know, you've got every single right to be frustrated at not being in the squad and not playing. With Raul, it's a similar thing, you know. he He's obviously more mature than an Ait Nori or a Keanu Hoover kind of character. Uh, more experienced, of course he is. But he's also quite a quiet guy as well. He's, he's not a bad trainer by any means, but he's certainly very relaxed and... It, is not gonna. I'm not saying not gonna fight for his place, but it's not gonna be the kind of position, the kind of attitude we've seen from, or application rather, from Diego Costa, who 
dragged himself from beach whale mm. to beach body. Oh, wow. <laughs> beach whale to beach body. No, I, I was, I was just, that was a bit harsh, but I was just trying to think of, it, of a, something that flowed nice. Um, but look, he, he put a hell of a lot of graft in to get himself to this mm. position. Um, Jimenez is not... I'm not saying that he's a bad trainer. Absolutely not. But he's not someone who is going to pull up the trees to get his position back. Um, very relaxed. Very relaxed character. So, as well as I understand the frustration... If you're not happy with playing, prove why you should be playing, is, would be my message. Um, I don't think using the head injury scenario is a, is a particularly good look to you using that to your to make your point. I think it's quite in quite poor taste, to be honest. This is not replying to anything. No, this, this is just was just tweeted out. The tweeted out yeah. um, she, she does have previous of, of mm. tweeting in the, in the past, and she's absolutely within her rights to, to give mm. her opinion. Of course she is. Um, but... The club and the fans looked after Raúl in a very, very difficult time when he was when when he had that injury. Um, it was a terrible time for him and the family as well, absolutely. So I, I don't quite understand why she would want to bring that up and use that um, as ammunition. Really, I think it's a strange thing to do, if I'm being honest. And um, and the, and the club and the fans have stuck by him. He hasn't been performing. He's had a few good games, a few good runs. I probably would have given him more opportunities in the last few games than than Lopetegui has. But it's the manager's decision. Look. Uh... There's a lot. There's a lot of factors I think here with Raúl Jiménez. First and foremost, Raúl Jiménez has been one of the one of the most special players to watch for Wolverhampton Wanderers for a long, long time as Spotting. a striker. Completely Absolutely agree. brilliant. I think that's the most important thing. And if and when Raúl Jiménez leaves Wolves, whether that's at the end of this season or maybe another season, we'll see. He should 100% be remembered fondly and as one of the best strikers that fans have seen in many a year. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. However, there's been a lot of factors, I think, that have led to this. And there's a lot of frustration. There's a frustration, first of all, from the fans, in the way that I think that, obviously, he'd lost a bit of form. But I think they backed him. We had the whole situation and the farce before the World Cup. And then him going to Mexico and being away and being AWOL. And I don't think that was handled at all well by Raul Jimenez. And to be honest, I've got to say, I don't think it was handled at all well by the club at the time, hierarchy-wise. And Mexico the, as well. And Mexico. Yeah. It was three, yeah, it was the Wolves, it was Mexico, and it was Raul Jimenez. And so there was definitely a lot of fan frustration. But when he came back, the fans gave him a superb round of applause when he wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. You know, they chanted his name, and I think he really appreciated that. But there's a frustration from the fans because in the day he hasn't performed. There's a frustration from Daniela and the Raul Jimenez family because he's not. They feel like maybe he deserves a bit more and and um, and he's not playing. There's a frustration from uh, June Lopetegui and his coaching staff because they feel like he's not showing enough to even get into the matchday squad, let alone the um, you know the, the starting eleven. And there's a frustration deep down from Raul Jimenez because he knows and we all know that he can't do unfortunately the same things that he did prior to his injury. So there's a lot of different factors and frustrations in that. And it's unfortunately coming to a sad ending. But I do feel that we need to take still the positives from that as and when that happens. He'll be hurting, definitely hurting, as you can see from Danielle's tweet there. But I do feel that now Wolves are safe. I would like to see Raul Jimenez back at Molyneux before, he, before he, he, you know, his career comes down to a, a close and he goes to America or Mexico or whatever's touch. I think that will happen. I think it's a natural ending. And I do feel that we still need to talk about him in a positive light when we come to assessing Raul Jimenez and his contribution to Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
No, he's uh, he played an absolutely vital part in one of the most successful eras in modern Wolves history because Wolves, we, we, we can go back to, uh, to getting out of the, the championship and of course he, he joined the following season and those few years uh, took Wolves from a mediocre mid-table championship side to a team in the quarterfinals of the Europa League and he played an absolutely huge part in that. Um, he scored 27 goals in his second season. Incredible numbers. Um, but you're right, you look at the numbers since his head injury, and not just him, by the way, every striker in Wolves, in Wolves colours, unfortunately, um, and, uh, and you're spot on, but you have to go back and, and, and appreciate what he did for the club as well. And the fans do appreciate that, as you rightly say about him coming back after the World Cup here. On that point as well, don't forget, Lopetegui was not particularly pleased about mm. Raul Jimenez going away mm. with Mexico. He played it down when we when he did his uh, unveiling press conference with us, but he did also make it very clear that I asked him not to go, and he wanted to go anyway. Um, initially, regardless of, of of what happens behind the scenes, that is some sort of friction from the off, and um, and it's not the best position to be in. And um, albeit he's had good moments this season without obviously pulling any trees up, um, it hasn't worked, and it does feel like it's coming to a natural natural end for him. It's going to be interesting to, to see what the summer holds because he is still under contract. But um, I, th- I think it's it's probably coming to an end. And, and just to highlight the point as well, as you say, remember what he did for the club. Because when he does leave, if, it's the, if it is this summer or whenever it is, I'll be putting a piece together on how good he was for Wolves, his big moments, what a great servant he was. Because... He deserves that, and he deserves the recognition. I hope Raúl will, when he comes back, to look and to assess it. I hope, yes, there's there's a bitter, maybe a bitter taste in the mouth to his to his ending here. But I hope overall he will look at it as a a memorable experience. I mean, like a massive part of his career, his best part of his career when he's playing the best football of his career was at Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, and and look, the fans are classy, and the fans will continue to be classy, and you know you'll get a few derogatory remarks here and there, but. I feel like they will still give Raul Jimenez um, a great send-off. And I feel like you'll pro- they'll probably know that moment and will know that moment, whether it's that last home game against Everton or the final day of the season against Arsenal. You'll probably know from his reaction, I feel, and maybe Lopetegui when he puts him on or if he starts him up, he takes him off, puts him on you know, for the last 10 or 15 minutes, that it is a, a bit of a goodbye. Um, but yeah, that's 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 to do with Jimenez. But I want to I want to talk about the, the game tonight, Liam. And like you say, it wasn't a classic game, but they got the job done. I thought they were just about the better side on the night. Really, they controlled the game um, in decent periods, even though it wasn't the best game to watch. Uh, Palace had a couple of decent chances, but three players I want to concentrate on. We'll, I'll let you touch on these two players first, and then we'll, we'll come to the final one. First of all, Jose Sao thought obviously was at fault for. Um, one of the goals against Leicester City but two important saves tonight one point blank really when it was 1-0 Wolves in that first half uh, and a decent save second half so really good. he'll feel good about himself tonight after a bit of a wobbly showing uh, the second person uh, Ra- um, Ruben Neves converting that penalty celebrating the way that he celebrated in front of the South Bank I thought was was really nice and poignant and, and again how many times will we see that him celebrating in front of the South Bank between now and maybe when he leaves that could be the last time so a lovely moment there and I thought the emotion and the way he took his shirt off you know there, there was a lot of pent-up frustration in in, in 
how Wolves have struggled this season and maybe a relief that, that he's finally sealed the goal that, that has probably seen them safe. And then Diego Costa. So maybe maybe those two first and then we'll concentrate on Costa. Yeah, on Saar first. Um, yeah, obviously a big error against against Leicester. Uh, his distribution at times was was lacking a little bit today. Uh, a little bit nervy with the ball at his feet at times. But um, a few big saves. First half, massive save. Who was it? Who was it? Lakonga's shot? I think it was Lakonga. Yeah. 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 Um, again, Eze in the second half as well. Long range effort that he tipped over the bar. Um, claimed a few of the corners and set pieces in those final few minutes as well when it was still 1 0 before the penalty. Um, so, you know, taking a bit of the pressure off, the, off Wolves as they were clinging on to that lead. And, uh, and he deserves a bit of credit for tonight because I think um, he played a part absolutely in Wolves keeping that 1 0 lead and, uh, and in the end getting three points. And then on Ruben, as you say, there's only two home games left this season um, Villa coming up soon in a couple of weeks and then Everton on the penultimate weekend of the season so he's got a couple of games left in front of these fans for this season uh, obviously the summer it's likely he goes but we'll wait and see and uh, and as you say yeah he, he very well could be his his um, his final goal in front of the South Bank and it was nice to see him have that moment see how how uh, how much he enjoyed the uh, the celebration, if, if we can say it that way. Um, got his lovely flowing hair, oh, dreamy, dreamy, dreamy. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was a, lot, a nice moment. The timing of it was perfect. It lifted the roof off the place as well, and um, and it helped Wolves to what is probably the result that that's kept them in the Premier League. And Diego Costa, look, we we kind of predicted that he'd probably be on the bench tonight. Uh, he, he wasn't. He started, and and you know, Cuddy was the one who came off first. Uh, pretty much ni- the full ninety minutes, and yet again, not on the score sheet, but a, a brilliant shift. And I thought it was um, quite interesting. Of course, he was going to be asked about Diego Costa in the post-match press conference, Lopetegui, but he very rarely singles players out. Or he 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 likes to kind of say, well, yes, he did well, but so did the team. And he's very he's, he's very um, doesn't, he's not a massive fan of of singling players out, and that's probably the strongest we've had on any single player. I think since he's taken over, he, he waxed lyrical about him two or three times with the questions, and just shows how important he is to this team. When probably, and Lopetegui knows he's needed a central striker the most, and he's come up trumps when when you know really when they needed it, and that just shows. Um, I think there's a, a massive gratitude there from the manager. And my questions as well, weren't they? I don't know. You missed the first one. You were on the toilet. <laughs> Uh, you I came in late. I wasn't on the toilet. Were you not? I was at the urinal. Okay. Too much is that too much information? I don't know. But, I don't know, um, but I know you get nervous and you have to wait, don't you? Until until the the toilet's no, cleared. Take, so, I've seen. Come I've, off I've, it. I've stood next to you before, and you've you've had, you've had a little bit of um, oh god, a little bit of stage fright. I've got to go away and come stand next to you. I look, <laughs> I, look, I look great standing next to you. What's the hell? Stand next to you more often. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Acorn comes to mind. <laughs> so um, no, yeah, Lopetegui was exceptionally quick up to the uh, up to the press conference today. So normally you've got a few minutes. And yeah. I, I ran to have a, a quick wee, mm. came back and nervous pee, and it had already started. Um, the wee, so <laughs> a little bit of dribble. Was no one needs that. Soaked. Um, so I, I, I swiftly made my way back to the uh, back to my seat and mm. uh, waited my turn. But yes. Um, yeah, he did. He did speak very well on Costa today, and he, and he has done the last few weeks. To be fair, um, but he did go a little bit, um, a little bit further than he has done uh, with any player. I think it's fair to say. So um, Costa t- tonight again. Look, he's 
he's had good games obviously recently I thought at Leicester I don't think he was bad but he definitely wasn't as influential but tonight brilliant again held the ball up bring others into play aggressive worked extremely hard uh, chasing every loose ball putting the the defenders under a lot of pressure I think they had they had a really tough night with him and um and he was unfortunate not to not to get any sort of clear chances himself, but he, he made a massive part in Wolves in Wolves getting the win, and um, and credit to him because he's got him, he's, it's taken a while for him to get himself here, but he's in a position now where he's he's performing pretty consistently. But we talked on the last podcast about he's got um, an audition now. He, he's gone from absolutely nowhere where you think you know there's no chance that they're going to keep Costa to to trying to give the the manager you know a decision to make, and and he continues to do that, Liam, for me. Um, but the fans love him. The fans, when he's when he's playing, love him. I'm not going to say that he's going to be pivotal and he's going to be starting next season. You don't really want if you've got Diego Costa in as you start and you're starting eleven next season as your strongest eleven. I think you're in a bit of trouble. But at this moment in time, he is giving the manager uh, a decision. He was asked on the Diego Costa contract. He said we will not discuss contracts until we are mathematically safe. But I think we both have different views of where he is at this moment in time. There's a lot of question marks over Wolves strikers going forward into next season. You know, apart from Cunha aside, you've got Fabio Silva, question mark. Is he going to come back? Is he going to go on loan again? What's going to happen with him? Um, Kalajic, yes, he's going to be back, but you don't know how. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how he's going to be. He's obviously got a massive long uh, in, injury history, so, you know, can he stay fit? He's going to take time to get back up to speed. You've got Diego Costa, who is on a one-year deal. Are they going to, you know, is, is he... He's out of contract, but are they going to sign him? And then you got Raul Jimenez, who's probably going to go. So there's a there's there's a lot, going to be a lot of movement, a lot of movement, and a lot of the players we've talked about here, from defence right the way up to attack. There's definitely going to be a transition period here. There's going to be a lot of movement out and in in this football club over the summer. Diego Costa at the moment is probably the most pivotal Wolf striker that Wolves have got on their books as it stands. Could you see a situation where? And Lopetegui talked about how important he was on off the pitch in training. We've talked about experience. We've talked about that there wasn't quite that experience at the start of the season. We've talked about that there wasn't someone to lift the spirits. And now, don't get me wrong, we don't want Diego Costa to come in and be a cheerleader because that'd be a bloody expensive cheerleader to have at the club. <laughs> but has is he starting to carve out a role for himself? Um, and look, he's always going to be the joke and stuff. But I'm going to say there's a slight maturity there as well of the way that he has handled himself at times. And I know he had that that head rush against Brentford you know, away from home when we saw the old kind of costed to sneak in there. But at times he has been a very important part to keep to keep Wolves' head, to, to be mature off the pitch, on the pitch, and someone who might have a role for one more year because the enthusiasm's there. And to be honest, Liam, the fitness is there as well. This is the fittest he's looked. And, you know, Roy Hodgson said, you know, Diego Costa is bloody hard work to... to you know, to defend tonight, and he's taken a lot out of some of his some of his defenders. I think there's a role there for him for one more year, and I know you might have a slightly different opinion. You would love him to stay, wouldn't you? I would like to stay for him at this moment in time, Liam. If he keeps up these levels, I think Wolves and they'd have to they'd have to bang out a deal where they can't pay him ridiculous money. But if there's a willingness there for Diego Costa to be under a decent club contract for one year that is not breaking the bank, I do think that there's a role for him here. Honestly, I do. So, I wouldn't, for my personal opinion, yeah. I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be upset to see him stay. I think he's shown in the last few weeks that there's potentially a role there that he could, as you say, carve out for mm. himself. So I wouldn't necessarily be against it. Um, you have to look at where the club are. So when he arrived, he very much signed a deal with with every party knowing that he wasn't going to stay beyond the season. Sure. I, think, I think that was obvious. And he, he could have been six. It could have been December, or January, and gone, hadn't it? Could he, it? Could have been very easily. Yeah. Um, uh, it was. It was short-term emergency. We're desperate. Let's let's do something. Um, and as I, as I said at the top of the podcast, he wasn't exactly in the best shape because uh, he was out of football for what nine, ten months by the time he arrived. And he's now giving people a decision to make. Absolutely. And he's uh, putting himself in, in the best possible position he can to earn another deal if he wants to stay. Um, but when you take into all of these these things into account, financial, you mentioned about they probably have to reduce the wages a bit. That's one thing. Two, they've only got, as I said on the last podcast as well, only got a certain number of foreign Premier League players they can have. They're going to have a surplus even going into pre-season when they're going to have to make trim the squad a bit and make some decisions. Um, he may be the victim of circumstance in that they they have only, only so much they can... Uh, they, they can have on the quota and, and, and he may be the, the victim of that. So um, he's given himself an opportunity, absolutely, completely agree with that. Um, it feels to me still at this moment in time, with five games left to go this season, that he's still got a little bit of a mountain to climb to, to get another deal. But he's definitely given himself a chance because when you perform the way he has been, it becomes a conversation, doesn't it? And, um, and when there's a conversation, there's always a possibility. Nathan Judah is Nathan Hobbs for the day. And uh, Nathan Shee, he's pulling Diego Costa into his office. Nathan Nathan Judah is offering Diego Costa a one-year deal. Nathan Judah now. Yes. <laughs> he's a, and Liam Keane slash Liam Shee slash Liam Hobbs is coming in. Diego Costa's in there. Uh, Liam, I would like one year. I would like one more year. What was that? That Was, was that meant to be his accent? <laughs> well, he didn't speak English, so I can't do it in Spanish. Apparently, yeah. Por favor. Apparently he doesn't speak English. Um, <laughs> oh, what are you trying to say? He does. No, I've never seen him speak oh, English. But you, should have seen, you should have seen Liam Keane's hand gestures there when he said that. But he very, had, very mocking. He, he had, did have a 20-minute conversation with John Terry the other day. I <laughs> and I don't think John Terry speaks Spanish or Portuguese. <laughs> so uh, um, would you, you? So I'm going to offer him... I give, I'm giving him one of your deal now. You're not. Is that right? As it stands? Uh, as it stands, probably just not. But mm. I'm, I'm, it's not a hard no, but mm. probably just not. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, moving on. Uh, what was I going to say? What was the next bit I was going to oh, say? This is good for a podcast. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah, this is great broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to oh, say? No, 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 you can tell us that. <laughs> okay, let's go to the sponsors then. Kel and Toast. Kel and Toast. Oh, that was it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Go on, Granddad. What okay, is it? I haven't got notes tonight. Okay, we're on the hop. We're on that. We're, we're on going. The, on the what? We're on the hop. Oh right. Um, <laughs> how was that not a red card? Oh, mate. It's Come a, on. That's a stonewall red. Hey? It's a stonewall I mean, we'll take the penalty, but crikey. I mean, luckily... It's gone to VAR, mate. I haven't given it either. <laughs> like, it's an absolute joke. No, they're useless. There's, there's, what, I mean, wow. Why are we even, I don't even know why we're giving it attention to <laughs> It's astonishing. It's, just, it's, no, it's not really a shock, is it? Um, I don't know how to feel about the referee getting it wrong in real time because I feel like he might be a bit far away from it and it's difficult from the angle I mean I, I haven't seen a good, good enough replay to see where the referee is so I might be wrong on that but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt what you can't give the benefit of the doubt to is VAR because that is a stonewall red card but um, luckily it doesn't really matter but no. it was former Albion goalkeeper Sam Johnston making a massive mistake so that's always good fun 
Lovely stuff. Um, Kino, look, uh, you know, I got some, I got some champagne today, um, which uh, for the missus, which is lovely. I've, I'm, I cracked a champagne glass of the day. Did you know that Kettle and Toaster Man offer two champagne flutes for eleven pounds, just eleven pounds? But for you, Liam, because you know we might be going to South Korea soon. The most important thing for you. Oh, look, he's on it. Look, he's, he's doing all the disco movement. You can't dance like that. It's all K-pop over there. We're going to go karaoke. I would... I'm, mate, I've got a beautiful voice. I've got well. a terrible voice. <laughs> I'd love to do karaoke. <laughs> really? That, that would be hilarious. I mean, I would love to do it a few drinks in. I'm not yeah, doing it no. sober. I'm Smashed. Not doing, yeah, not doing Smashed it sober, to pieces. but I'm definitely doing it. Look, the most important thing when it comes to um, travelling is luggage and luggage weight. Now, I struggle with luggage weight sometimes. Um, I really have to take stuff out. I've you got did to when you were 25. Measuring well. stuff. My God, yeah, you can get me on a plane. Two seats, please. I have to double book. <laughs> um, but but a classic piece of it and very important. We've got this at home, but you might need one. A luggage scale, which is basically you just put it to your, to your handles and then it says exactly how much it is. So if you've got 25 kilograms... And you've got tw- you're on twenty four point nine. You will know from a luggage scale. How much would you pay for a Pifco luggage scale, Liam? On kettleandtoastman.co.uk. Oh, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot to get in. What would you pay? Ten pounds. Oh well, it's eleven. So it's a pound, <laughs> more, it's a pound more expensive. Don't get it. Kettleandtoastman.co.uk. I meant fifteen. I meant fifteen. UK. I, I messed that oh, up. crikey! Right, should we take some questions? Um, before that, do you remember in the airport on our way to Benidorm that you had failed to weigh your uh, case and you had to take some stuff out and put it in my case. Yes, I did actually. Yeah. Very poor from so me. That you would have put, you could have done with the uh, done with the scales then, couldn't you? Do you know what? I saw a picture uh, that was on Twitter today and very smart. There was a guy at the counter and he was putting his luggage on the scale, and obviously she's looking at the at the, what the weight is, and you just see a picture of his foot on the scale on the luggage, and he's just lifting it up slightly, so he's taking a bit of the weight. Smart lad, That's clever. I it's like clever. that. It's illegal, but it's clever. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Not, but it wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop you, Keena. Let's well, be honest. Is, is it illegal? I don't know. It's against their rules. Anyway, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Move on. Okay. Um, questions. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Um, we'll leave the villa stuff alone. There's lots of villa questions. Crikey, what are we doing? Um, cool, cool hand aid says we got a penalty. Can't believe something something actually went our way. Do you think Johnson should have seen a red? Absolutely. Bloody lootly, yeah? Nailed on? It was nailed on red card. It's a, okay. a terrible tackle. It's bad. Uh, which strike was more impressive and important to Wolves this season? Nunes versus Chelsea or Anderson's beauty from today against Palace? It's a tough one. I will I will go Anderson, I think, just. Um, do you think we score enough goals from open play, says Gareth Hicks? I'll take any goals, but I think it's an issue if we want to continue to move forward. Uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, Wolves definitely do not score enough goals from open play. They don't score enough free-flowing, well-created goals. I think they're slowly getting there. The the Costa goal against Brentford, um, and there's been a couple of other cases for that as well, where you've seen them, I think, be a bit quicker, a bit more decisive in the final third, and creating those chances. Um, but they've definitely not done it enough. So it's hundred percent something to work on. Robbie Nutting, do you think next season when we're still in the Premier League, uh, J-Lo will try to change the mentality of the football we're playing? It feels a lot at the moment like we're going ahead and holding on to stay up next year. Expansive, progressive football with more of a threat? Question mark. Yeah, same as what we said earlier in the podcast. This is going to be a really big question because compared to what they saw, according to the people I spoke to, towards the end of the severe reign, it was kind of similar to what we're experiencing now. Um it's, it's absolutely going to be questions to, to put to Lopetegui. It's going to be something for us to analyse in pre-season and see 
how they're going to approach um, next season. But I think we've seen a little bit of a change. Obviously, there's four four two recently. Still having Nunes out wide, although he's played well in some of the games. He's still not an out and out winger. But playing two strikers is a big difference, and that is definitely more of an attacking move. So I think um, it's going to be something to, to focus on, I think, in the summer. There's a lot of questions here that we've hopefully answered throughout the podcast, so I'm not going to read them out, but thank you for them. John Clark, what's the deal with five yellow card rule? I thought that window had passed, but BT said both Totti Gomez and Zhao Gomez are banned. Um, yeah, I had someone else tweet me about this as well, which I'll try and, if I can find it again, I'll try and reply to you. But um, I think, according to this one person as well, BT said that Totti got his 10th yellow card, um, which is not true. So... Um, I don't know who has got this wrong or how they've managed to get it so badly wrong, but it is absolutely wrong. Um, wrong for a couple of reasons. Um, both of them are on five yellow cards, uh, Totti and Jao Gomez, but the, the one-game suspension for getting five Premier League yellow cards is up to and including the 19th Premier League game, and we've just had the 33rd. <laughs> so, um, so definitely not suspended because of the yellow cards. Um, and obviously the Totti one saying that he got... 10 is obviously wrong because he's on 5 but even if he was on 10 it's up to and included the 32nd fixture so it's already gone so, <laughs> so good, good work BT then so on both counts BT <laughs> were absolutely wrong Sean Clifford excluding Neves for player of the season who would you say would you say any of the January signings will be up there for the award if so who I assume just thinking that like I'm thinking player of the season like would it be Neves I'm thinking yeah it's probably Neves isn't it uh, yeah because you look at that first half of the season he almost single handedly was dragging Wolves through games when yeah. they were absolutely Abysmal. <laughs> Diabolical. Mm. So, um, yes. So, I think so. I think it will be him. Um, I think you could... There were th- fits and starts, but no one's been consistently grey. Dawson probably uh, would be the one. He's the Exactly what I was going to say. He's the only one for me that it just about gets there because he's been the most consistent. Lamina has had probably better games. Mm. Um, had been, been excellent. He was excellent again tonight, actually, I thought. And so was Dawson. But... He's also had the odd dip here and there, Lamina. Um, so I would say just Dawson's probably the one that gets in that conversation, but I think Neves probably still takes it. Uh, Wolves fan says, what's happened to Bubakar Traore? Where is he? I thought he was fit and ready to play. Uh, he is. He's just not being picked. <laughs> so um, we, we've said this a number of times in this podcast, when every, when every uh, Wolves player is fit and available, which at the moment they pretty much are, um, apart from Giacchino, obviously, who's, who's back training, but not obviously sort of ready to play um, they have five first team senior players and that's not including Hodge and Lembekisa by the way it's seven mm-hmm. including them um, who miss out on uh, on a match day squad that's a hell of a lot of players um, Bubakar at the moment with the way that the other players are playing Jao Gomez has been brilliant recently Neves back in the fold mm-hmm. again Lamina has been excellent he can't get a sniff um, Indian Taipan says are we likely to see bids coming in for Kilman this summer if so will Wolves fight hard to keep him if a bid is substantial I mean clubs are absolutely you know, interested in him they, they, they monitored him at the, at the very least um, it feels at this point in time it's probably unlikely anyone makes the, the jump for him the, the money it would probably cost he's not had as good a season as he did the year before um, and equally Wolves will want to keep hold of him so it's probably one that there isn't going to be movement on, but obviously my answer to that will change mm. if and when a club decides, right, we're going to spend the money. Mm. Money talks. Wolves, and I'll keep reiterating this, Wolves are not a club that will hang on to players against their will and f- demand ridiculous money. They will allow players to move on for the right cash. Uh, Ashley Cole says, pick one player from the likely relegated teams that improves our current squad. 
Oh, that is a good question. So, who are we talking then? We've got Southampton are pretty much gone, aren't we? Yeah. Which teams are we going to include in this? Well, I mean, Southampton, you probably, probably everyone's going to go for Ward Prowse, but like, Wolves aren't getting Ward Prowse. It's going to be crazy money, and it's. Well, that wasn't the question. The question okay. was which, which one was improving. Well, team? let's say let's say Southampton, let's say Forest, and let's say Leicester. Uh, they're probably pretty easy. What what I mean, obviously going off, not necessarily realistic signings, but the ones that would improve. I think it is Wal Prowse. Mm-hmm. It's probably Brennan Johnson for Forest. Meh. Meh. Gibbs White. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's probably why well, it's Madison, isn't it? For well, Madison's going to go to like a new, I think yeah, Madison's no, out of the reach. No, but you know, look at the squad. Yeah, it's, it's him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, Harvey Barnes. I, I would take. I know the Wolves have got a lot of wide players, but I take Harvey Barnes. I would um, take him as well. Yeah. Um, but even even like they've got some. I tell you what. To be fair, realistically, they've got some useful defenders at uh, Leicester City and likes of Castagne. And you know, looking at, I'd be looking towards the fullbacks if I was Wolves next season. Um, Pereira's obviously had a lot players. of injury issues hasn't he but he, yeah. but he is a good player you know, James Justin you know these kind of players are, are very useful I'm sure look I think Leicester have got a lot of assets I actually think they'll probably end up staying up to be honest probably by the skin of the teeth but we'll see feels like did you see enough from them on, on, on Saturday first half definitely not okay. um, but they do have a lot of talent there I, I think they I think they could do it and the way that sort of Leeds and Everton at the moment are, are getting on I think Forrest as well it's good it's going to be it's going to answer the wire with all these clubs I think uh not for Southampton, sadly. Uh, long, long gone. Jamie Britton says, "Is it is it safe enough for the Benidorm story?" Also, any news on Raoul after a certain tweet we've all seen? We've answered the Raoul bit. Um, no, it's not safe yet for the Benidorm story. They've got to be mathematically safe, even though they are safe. Um, Daz says, "Don't don't love a here, you don't know, because he was he was the same as you, Kino. He's like, no, no, not yet, but he, he, he was safe." Do you do you butter both sides of your toast? Says Daz. What? What maniac does that? What mentalist does that? <laughs> Are you crazy? No, is the answer. Uh, can you ask someone at the club to bring the liquidator back? Uh, well, <laughs> I think there's some people who would who would like it, but um, at the moment the answer is no. Good um, to see. It was great to see. Um, you know, fantastic atmosphere when West Brom had a liquidator on on Saturday against Sunderland before uh, getting beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about Costa. Lots of people are going Costa. Which themes do you go? Which themes do you think will go down, and which three three do you want to go down? Want to go down? Well, I wouldn't have Southampton if I wanted to well, go if down. If you want to go down, it's easy, isn't it? It's Everton. Everton leads Leeds Forest. Leeds Forest. Isn't it? That's easy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> if it's want to go down, that is an absolute stone waller. It's easy. Jack says, is the old Molyneux you back? I mean, I've got to be honest. I thought it was pretty quiet today for long periods. It was. A massive part in the middle of the, the game, in the heart of the game, it really was pretty pretty quiet. But the, the game was also pretty dull, let's be honest. Mm, mm. Um, but either side of that, the early goal, and obviously towards the end, it was it was a bit more lively. Um, let's have a look I will say it again the Chinos man come on Liam and Judder man invest in some embrace the Chino says Vicky wear some Chinos last game of the season no no have you got Chinos <laughs> I don't I don't I, um, I, I'm not against it what I'm against is getting my bank card out and buying some yes. just, just to just to have them for the last game well, of the season well if you, if you buy them with Rosie I'm sure you'd buy a leg each wouldn't you split it Christ <laughs> Uh, Paul Mansell says 18 points in the last 24 available at home and 6 clean sheets from 8 what did you need to do to close the gap on our away form maybe be slightly more ambitious because it's been again very conservative away from home Um, I know we didn't against Leicester but we have seen Moutinho play quite a lot in those away games and normally in a 10 I'm not against Moutinho playing but not in a 10 role um, there's been a lot of those moments where he's been trying to drag results out which I can understand with the position Wolves are in 
but you maybe need to be a little bit more expansive. Jonathan Giddings, who is the signing of the season? <sighs> Ooh, good question. That's a very tough one because there's there's a few that would be in that. You you I'm not. You can't debate it. I want one name from you. You can't even. You can't. I'm just because the names. Well, I want well, one name. Everyone's gonna know. I'll give you a name as well. Everyone's gonna know the names that are in the fold. But yeah. I will give you a name that I don't think you're gonna think I'm gonna say. I think I know what name you're going to say. Tell me then. <laughs> I haven't said it yet, but. Uh, oh, okay. Mm. <sighs> Depends whether you're thinking what he's done so far or the actual signing that he's going to end up being. So that's where I'm trying to think. I think you're going to say the signing of the season, Jao Gomez. I can't believe you got that. Yeah, That's so annoying that you got that. Come on, um, For the latter. Not for, not for what he's yes. done so far. Obviously, he actually yes. he has been very good the last few weeks, yeah. but not for that because we've seen, obviously, limited uh, time of him on the pitch. But I think he's a real gem. Yeah, he's, I he's, think I think he's a top draw player. I think he's going to turn into a real, real good player. Unfortunately, not to play, not to start tonight. Yes, but you predicted it that you thought that he would be the one to, yeah, to, to make um, way. Lopetegui's obviously had to be careful with him as and when he comes in. I think he's also getting used to the speed and demands of the Premier League because he looked a bit knackered at Leicester in the second half a little bit. So there's there's work to be done there, obviously. But I think he's I think he's a gem, and I think Wolves are going to be very hard pressed in in probably a couple years. Mm-hmm. To keep hold of them. On the flip side of things, for me, Craig Dawson, just because him and Kilman, I mean, it was just crying out for someone to come alongside Kilman. And, yeah. you know, Nathan Collins got on tonight again in the back three. Oh, I always get nervous when the back three comes on for the last five or ten minutes in a game. But uh, Kilman desperately needed it. And there's no coincidence that he played some of his best football last season uh, alongside Connor Cody, that bit of experience. And I think Craig Dawson's exactly the same. And Kilman's gone from strength to strength and is now, you know, one of the first names again on the team sheet when, let's be honest, he was, he was being left out and was struggling for some form earlier on. So... Uh, Mario Lamina has got to be in that conversation as well. Absolutely. I think it has to you... be. Very unfortunate of him. But I think if there's one or the two, I'd just have to give it to Dawson. But Lamina's been immense. If you're going to do the two sides of the question, you do Gomez for the reasons I made and Dawson for that. I completely agree. And then Lamina, you have to mention him, but it's probably an honourable mention. It's easy for me to say. Whitey, where will Judah be sleeping tonight? So far, the car surely won't be allowed back in the mansion. Uh, look, it's, it's, it, was, it was an iffy conversation I had to have, I'll be honest. And... Um, we've also got to have a conversation because it's Alana's 40th birthday when we're in the middle of the South Korea tour. So um, I've got a couple of interesting conversations to have. I'm trying to work out a situation there that will uh, please all parties. But at this moment in time, um, I'll be sleeping in this beautiful room because we're in the TV room, the, f- the famous TV room at Molyneux in the corner, in the corner box. It looks very comfortable here. We've had some beef po'boys. Delicious. Oh, I think I can sleep now. Sleep here. You can stay in mine if you want. I mean, you don't want that. It's my anniversary, I don't remember. <laughs> Things got bumpy the night, baby. Scary. Um, right, let's move on to Brighton. Things are. I mean, look, no one wants to go to Brighton from a driving point of view because um, it's, it's a long old oh, I trip. I can't wait. I'm buzzing. Oh, the foot. We're, we're, we're on New Friday night first for the former Players Association. Yes. Dinner. We, we should are, be looking forward honest. to that. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. More food. Uh, <laughs> more food. <laughs> won't be as good as that. I guarantee that we got there tonight. Um, and then we go to Brighton. Look, any any different. From this, because of this performance, or will it be exactly the same? Grind out a point, ground out fame. Look, a point would be fantastic. Brighton obviously flying high. I actually watched most of the Manchester United game on Sunday, and I thought that Brighton were excellent, and I thought they really were um, were the better side in that game over large periods. They're going to obviously be gooding now. They're at the FA Cup. They'll be desperate to get into Europe next season. I think they will get into Europe next season. 
and it'll be a very, very difficult game. But at the same time, Wolves might... I'm not saying they will play differently, but that pressure that might have been on them if they lost tonight, all of a sudden, mentality-wise, if these players can express themselves a bit more on the pitch, that's very dangerous, even for someone like Brighton, for me. I agree, I agree. But you, you have it's to give... It's a good test. All I'm saying to you, then, sorry to cut you off, but it's a good you test see. because... <laughs> because Wolves and Brighton, really... If you start the season now or start the season in, in August, should be pretty similar what their aspirations are at the start of the Premier League season, especially on a full pre-season and the squad looking more like a Lopetegui squad at the start of next season. For me, they'll have the same aspirations, a very similar next season. So it'll be an interesting contest this because I think Lopetegui will look at Brighton and go, this is kind of the team that we want to be... Um, contending with next year to get into the top seven or top eight in the Premier League. So let's see where we are. Let's see what the test is. It's a marker for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you have to give them the credit they deserve because I agree with you on the uh, the performance against United as well. They were very good. And they're a very, very organised and calculated team. And I've got a lot of attacking threat. When you look at, no disrespect... Danny Welbeck starting for them. Obviously a seasoned, experienced striker, but he's not a 25-goal-a-season striker. Um, and he fits perfectly into this team, like a glove. So, Well, um, I mean, I would say that Ferguson probably is a, is a better striker, but he's injured at the moment, so well, Welbeck's getting a chance. Well, of course, yeah. But um, actually, I'd need to check when Ferguson's back, because I don't think he's back in time for, for Wolves, is he? But either way, he, he's obviously been very good. But, um, but you look at obviously look at the line of, obviously, feeling the United game the other day and um, and they do have quality across the pitch you absolutely have to have to agree to that um, equally Wolves have gone there in previous seasons when maybe they weren't quite at their best and they've gone there and won so um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, quite an interesting contest and whether Lopetegui allows the shackles off a little bit whether he goes there with the same sort of conservative mindset I know he did start 4-4-2 at Leicester but is he going to come in? They'll probably play, probably play four two three one. Mm-hmm. Brighton. Does he pack the midfield out again, like he has done in the past? Does Matinho come back in? There's a lot of big decisions there to make going up against Brighton. Um, and the fullbacks for me are going to be really key. Matoma is the obvious one, but Solly March. By the way, I know he missed the penalty against United, but I thought he was one of Brighton's best players on the day. Very very good. Um, slightly underrated a little bit because he he, he doesn't get huge numbers. But the work he does offensively and defensively for Brighton, I think, is really important. So if they're both playing, and I think you would expect they probably will be, the fullback's going to be really important for Wolves. And um, and they're big, there's big decisions to make. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing to breach the 40 mark and get, oh. and get a win there? Wow. I, I might just agree that they're safe there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go so many ways with this team you can. selection. I mean, you know, he could he could he could go pretty much what we've seen tonight, you know. But Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. I mean, they've got a bit more of a break, so I think it'll be a case of seeing how people train back into this week and and maybe counting and seeing what it is. But I do agree with you, Liam. I think he could pack out the midfield here, um, especially Caicedo and McAllister. I, mean, mm, I think they're very very good players. Yeah. Look at the way they play as well. I watched them in that first half, particularly against United. They always want to play out from the back. It always goes into the mm-hmm. centre halves. I, I, looking at the build up to the United game as well, they were mm-hmm. talking. Uh, they, I think they did an interview with Duncan. They were talking about the amount of passes the centre halves mm-hmm. do. Uh, they they want to get it into those players. 
get it out to the fullbacks, get it into Caicedo. And Caicedo, the amount of reverse passes he plays from midfield mm. out into the either the fullbacks or the wingers, um, I don't know how he, he manages to do it so consistently and still teams aren't able to break it down. That's going to be an important part. Um, and that's why I sort of agree with you that it might be a packing midfield kind of job. Can you... Uh, is it... Is it folly of me to ask you for a prediction of your team to play Brighton? I mean, I haven't even thought about it. We've just finished this game. The we've, got, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a press conference Thursday, so maybe we can talk about it on the video true, before that. True, it's, it's also because... Would you start Costa? If he's fit? If he's fit and available, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, prediction then. I'll give you a prediction now. It's Brighton. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers. You go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. 1-1. One, one. Mm, I knew you were going to get that. You, you see, you've said 1-1 one, one there, but you think you, we're going to get beat 2-1. So no. why have you said that? No. Yes, you if do, I, I think, can see if, it. If I think Wolves are going to lose 2-1, I say they're going to lose 2-1. Okay. I think 1-1. One, one. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Brighton 2, Wolves 2. Desmond. It's a Desmond. It's a Desmond. Oh. It is a Desmond. So is it my... Uh, prediction yeah, we'll prediction. go with you. We'll go with you. We'll you go with one you one. No, well, I mean, I predicted 2 0 tonight, but obviously we didn't go with it um, because it was um, only on a video and we didn't do it on the podcast. So uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'll say 2 2, but we'll go with your 1 1 for the with the merch. Let's do it. How much? Throw, give me give me a number. Since I won a little bit of a bet tonight. Uh, 103. What? Shut up! 103 quid? <laughs> you joking? 103 quid? <laughs> you asked me the name of the I can't give you, I can't, I can't sign up 103 quid like. The company will pay. Come on, just just press the, press that calculator again. Sixty-four quid. <laughs> Shit, the bed. Christ, sixty-four quid. Okay, I guess we gave you sixty-four quid at uh, Wolves merch. I don't if worry. If the game finishes one-one, don't worry. Rose will pay off. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Thirty-two quid, Rosie. Thirty-two quid, Express and Star. Yeah, love to see that's it. That's fine. Uh, before we go, everyone, uh, thank you very much for listening tonight. Um, I've got to say, a huge, huge. <laughs> stunning massive massive shout out and thank you to everyone because obviously we had the uh, the tickets went on sale last Monday for the Wolves podcast we're coming live here from Molyneux at the end of the season uh, after the it'll be after the Everton game pre-Arsenal on the Thursday night so Jack Haywood suite we had 200 tickets to sell 200 plus um, a few more uh, on the night and blown away I thought this would take a few weeks less than 72 hours Liam and absolutely stunned thank you so much for you guys and I think you know the fact that we you know, we love doing this we don't care whether it's what is it now 10 past midnight at Molyneux or, or one hour off days or, or you know we're scheduled in this is a labour of love and the fact that you guys have come and supported it and to be sell out in the biggest suite in Molyneux in less than three days is astonishing um, there is a wait list there we will try and try we're trying our best to get a few more tickets available to let those people on there um, get in on the night uh, if and when that happens great if it doesn't we will be hopefully planning if it all goes according to plan I mean god we might get booed out of the room and never do this again <laughs> but um, for more podcasts coming up more live podcasts next season but thank you I mean I'm humbled and I'm sure and I know you are as well Liam yeah massively um, I think what we got just over 100 in the first day and I thought that was an incredible mm. start so to within 72 hours to get all 200 done um did not expect that. I think we both, I think you just said it there, we both thought it'd be a few weeks and even that would have been brilliant. Mm. So to get it over the line that quickly is, uh, it's daunting, but uh, <laughs> but but brilliant. Really, um, yeah, over the moon. Amazing. We love you to pieces and we love Wolves. Uh, big win tonight. 2-0. Uh, 
they're pretty much safe. They are safe. Uh, from me, from Liam, have a great weekend. We shall see you at Brighton on Saturday. Take care. Bye bye. Cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back